All right, ready, set, go. Uh, welcome back, Judd Buds, episode nineteen. Maybe, maybe not. Who gives a shit? Uh, here's the deal. So, uh, if you're uh one of the psychotic six or so uh that actually tune in live and listen to these uh when they usually drop on tuesdays uh i'm sure you're confused i've had a couple of people ask me because um it is currently tuesday and it is currently 10 30 at night and obviously uh i'm 30 seconds in uh to recording for the first time um here's the deal so i actually have to be quick i mean i'm not gonna be because it's me um, but i really knew do need to just fire through this as best as i can it's gonna be a little different um, but here's the situation. So again, usually I'm recording either Sunday or Monday. Um, and again, it is obviously Tuesday now. I doubt this makes it out uh, within an hour of me finishing. So I'm sure this is probably going to drop Wednesday or whenever Isha does. Because uh, again, I'm useless. I don't even edit anything. Um, I try not to let Isha edit anything. But I mean, at some point, he does have to step in, kind of be the parent. So thank you, Dad. Thank you, Isha. Um, so Again, obviously, usually record Sunday or Monday. Uh, it is Tuesday because I went to go do this last night. And my computer slash mic slash something pretty much told me to fuck off. I couldn't record anything. Audio wasn't working, like just wasn't at all. I couldn't even record like sound on my computer. So I just sat there like a fucking asshole. Um, I was on the phone with like Apple and then eventually like I guess Best Buy has this thing where they just have their Geek Squad buzz in 24-7 and they were just like, yeah, bring it in tomorrow. Uh, fortunately, I worked downtown Boston, so I brought it in today, uh, dropped it off before work and they pretty much fixed it without really telling me anything. Uh, it works now though, obviously, because here I am. So we're good now. Um, but yeah, it really only happens to me. Um, it really does. It's just the most ridiculous bad luck seems to fall into my lap um all the time uh which i actually don't even hate because it, it's i just think, kind of think it's funny uh but that's the deal so uh, this isn't going to be like a full-on normal episode where i'm doing like headlines iowa i probably won't even really talk that much about iowa if at all um other than just say that marco rossi is doing his thing uh and zane mcintyre is playing really well um and the hamburger got traded for a complete mutant um interesting trade but anyways um there are a couple things i want to touch on in general um and then i'm not gonna do a full roundup i I got a couple guys maybe i want to talk about briefly just because they had some standout weeks or something i've been noticing uh maybe a couple trends for a couple guys and then i'm gonna go right into the questions and then we're gonna get out of here because I just don't have it in me. I'm on a combined approximately eh, like 13 hours of sleep over the last six days. Um, I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but I got pretty bad insomnia. I didn't even know you could actually get diagnosed with insomnia. Like I, I knew you could, but I didn't know it was like a real thing. Um, well, that, that, that sounds so fucking dumb. I obviously knew it was real because I don't sleep. Uh, but I actually like went to the doctor a couple of years ago and he was like, yeah, your primary a, and I was like, that sounds pretty good. And he was like, it's actually pretty bad. Uh, so I prescribed me Ambien and, um, I'm not doing that because the first time I pretty much just died. Um, and then the second time I tried to do like half of it and it just didn't do anything. So, um, yeah, I- I'm dead. I'm really tired. Uh, it's already t- too late. Uh, this is supposed to drop 12 hours ago, um, and I'm four minutes in. So that's the plan, okay? And if you don't like it, this is actually 
the one time I'll say sorry. Uh, it was kind of my fault, but not really. Like, I probably could have just done it Sunday, but I was dead on Sunday, too. Um, and normally I would be like, like, if you guys were a bunch of fucking assholes, I just wouldn't uh, probably record this today. I'd probably just wait until next week or something. Or I'd just do, like, a really quick mailbag of, like, five questions just to, like, have something. But you guys aren't assholes. Um, so I figured I'd... I, I, I try to do something close to a full normal episode, but I just, I can't do it all the whole thing. Um, but who knows? It still could go two hours knowing me, uh, for all we know. Um, but yeah, so that's the plan. Uh, and just as a side note, like on a serious note, you guys are fucking awesome. Like, I don't know why people are so nice to me about this shit. Uh, cause I pretty much just like to ramble on about hockey. And I have a lot of people that say some really nice things. Uh, and I appreciate it. Um, I think I'm a donkey and I like making fun of myself. Uh, but you know, every once in a while I, I get a really nice message from one of you guys. So you're all fucking beauties. So that's why we're here. We're going to do something, uh, remotely similar to a normal podcast. And here we go. Uh, quick housekeeping. I'm actually, when I'm done, unless I forget, which is pretty likely, um, I'm going to throw the Gmail in my bio. So if you guys just have random questions that you don't feel like waiting for me to be like, hey, Judge Bud's questions, send them. Because I usually do that on Saturday, and then I let them roll in. Um, so if you guys just, like, have a question that pops up and you want to throw me an email, um, I'll, like, check it throughout the week. And I think what I've decided is maybe not every week do a second mailbag type thing. Like, if there's only three in there, that I'm not going to do a, a whole second show that week. Uh, if I only have like three questions, I mean, again, knowing me, I could probably stretch that out into an hour because I'm a lunatic and I'm sick in the head, I think. Um, but, you know, once there's like enough questions in there that I think it's worth doing a full uh, like second show, then I'll do it because I think people like the mailbags. I think people like having their specific questions answered. I like doing it because it actually kind of keeps me on track. I think I've said that before. Um. So I want to do it. So, uh, yeah, I'll throw the I'll throw that in the bio, um, you know, and, and again, it, when there's enough questions in there that I can stretch it out and have a worthwhile second show, then I'll do that. I don't know what days it might just be random days, um, but who knows? Maybe it'll be like every week. There'll be a good amount in there. Like, I think if there's like 10, that's probably a good amount for me to just jump on it. Because I do like spending more time answering questions. Uh, than anything else like um, I mean I spend a lot of time just talking <laughs> about literally everything uh, but if I had a choice to like really put the focus uh, in one area of the podcast it would be the questions because like I feel like that's kind of important uh, for people that are willing to listen to me ramble if you have specific questions I want to answer them so that's what I'm gonna do throw the gmail in there uh, you have questions throw questions that way when there's nothing there I'll do a second one that week and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, another housekeeping thing. I just got this waggle hat uh, in the mail, and it is fucking sick. Uh, so if you're not, you don't even need to be a golfer to go check their shit out. They got a bunch of cool stuff, and this hat rocks. They got a ton of really cool hats, so go do that because waggle's sick. Anyways, so what do we want to talk about? Um, a couple of things I want to touch on. Number one, that game last night against detroit first of all it started very funny uh jordy ben just ate it like he just fell over 
and you know uh in around minnesota wild twitter um it seems like he's unfairly kind of became enemy number one a lot of people like we said before blame him uh for addison not being here i get it but i also don't because he's just being a good soldier he's kind of just doing whatever he needs to do to either play or be a part of the team so i don't really like that he gets so much fucking smoke um but that was a very funny opener and they let in another one so it's two nothing and then matt boldy says i got it and what more can we say about this fucking kid first career hat trick in his what 14th game now um you know i tell you what i'd love to be the guy and sometimes i am the guy i try not to be but sometimes i am that's like hey i told you so um I do really hate when people do that a lot about like literally everything. Um, I try to be selective, but sometimes I can't help myself. And Matt Boldy is one of those things. Um, you know, I, like you guys see it every once in a while. I quote tweet myself uh, from when he first got called up. And I said, you keep Fiala together, Fiala and Boldy together. I promise you they flirt with a point per game. Um, and it's happening. So sometimes I like to dance on people and do that. Um, so I... <laughs> I knew he was good enough to make the team this season. Uh, even after those injuries, you know, Marco Rossi was doing his thing. Beckman had that preseason. So uh, I pencil, I had penciled in Duhame and Boldy to make the team. I knew Boldy would be good. I knew he'd be an effective player. He wouldn't just be like a third or fourth line guy, especially if he played with Fiala. I figured he'd be good, but I'll be honest. I don't know if I saw this coming. Uh, 14 games. He has four multi-point games, including a four-point effort last night. He has his first hat trick, and like he's not just fitting in; he's fully taken a spot in that top six. And he, every night, just about every night, he looks like one of the better players, one of the best players on the ice for both teams, regardless of who they're playing. Um, you know, the Carolina game. Like, I mean, what a game that was. Uh, scary at the end there. But, I mean, the kid just, he does everything, right? Like, those first two goals he scored last night were so nasty. You know, that first one, first of all, you know, for a kid like him, he's a big kid. He's a big frame, but he's not like, you know, 200 and something pounds. Uh, but he uses his body really well. He protects the puck. He's very deceptive. So people kind of ragged on his skating. Um, and people ask me all the time about that. I have a very different approach towards skating when it comes to prospects. I don't put as much emphasis or thought into it as a lot of people do. Um, first of all, he's always been good enough to keep up. Second of all, I think he knows his shortcomings in terms of, no, he's not like blazing speed, but to me that's not really skating or all of skating. Obviously, it's a nice added bonus when you can fly around the ice, but um, you know, if you're a bigger player and you don't have the foot speed, you have to be able to be good on your edges, good laterally, uh, you have to be, you have to have good balance. And you have to be able to protect the puck and be deceptive. And he's all those things. Um, again, the the stuff that pops is like the offense. Obviously, he's a dual threat. He can pass. He can shoot. The assist he had last night was that pass is so sick. Uh, he has to rifle it in, rifle that puck into a cert, like a perfect spot to get tipped home. Um, put it right where he needed to. And he was patient, right? He didn't just see that he had the open net. Um, and try to just like rifle one off balance. He collects the puck. He waits. He gets a little bit closer. He puts himself into a spot where, you know, if he doesn't take a couple strides in, he can't really shoot from there. I mean, he can, he can wire the puck, 
he can really shoot from anywhere. He can score from distance. He can score from in tight. But just those extra two seconds that he waited, and he goes in a little bit closer, now the goalie has to think about a shot and the pass, and he gets right to that spot. He times it perfectly. I don't know what the fuck Mark Stahl was doing. I don't, I have no idea. That was a, some of the worst defense I've ever seen. Um, I mean, it's Mark Stahl, but what, I mean... <laughs> I don't know what he, he wasn't even looking. He just decided to not look. Uh, and uh, whatever. Perfect pass, though. Um, and again, see what you want about Mark Stahl, but that was his 991st game in the NHL. And Matt Boldy did that to him on that first goal. Like the kid, the kid's ridiculous. Um, he literally, he just, he does everything. He really can't. He offense, he's an incredible defensive player. He defends not just like positionally and all that. Uh, his his defense with the stick you know he's blocking lanes um you know he's smart when he goes down like we saw that a couple times last night as well um so he really is a 200 foot player already in the national hockey league um but to me the stuff that that sticks out as you know as i try to watch prospects and try to you know, differentiate guys and what separates guys. It's it's the IQ and how smart he is. And it's not just on the offensive side of the puck. It's the defensive side of the puck. Uh, you know, when to reach, when not to reach, when to defend with the body. Um, you know, for a guy with not blazing foot speed, you know, when he's, he's out there killing penalties or whatever, if you try to take him wide, he keeps a good gap. Like, he just does everything really well, and he's so smart. He knows where the play's going. Um so he's ready for a pass to go whatever other side he just knows where that puck's gonna go and he uses that to his advantage right he reads defenses really well so it's again it's like that pass on his assist he just he knows that if he takes those extra strides in he has to you know he becomes that dual threat of the shot or the pass so it's just everything he does but to me it's it's the the iq and how smart he is that really separates him uh along with i mean literally every other part of his game um so it's just more the same from the kid. He's ridiculous. Um, and he's going to be such a good player for a long time. And when Marco Rossi is ready to step up and play, um, you know, full-time NHL, um, I think he's close. I think he could play, but I don't think he's ready to be Marco Rossi that he's going to be. So I think the current plan right now for him to stick it out in Iowa for the rest of the year, I think that's the right move. I've said this a thousand times. Same thing with Kalen Addison. Same thing with Adam Beckman. Um, Dewar's obviously forced his way into the lineup, but he's been, you know, in that bottom six role. Um, and he's been fantastic too. It's just, again, I, I thought he might be ready. It was him and Duhame really battling it out in preseason. I think Duhame just separates himself, um, you know, with that kind of brute force. He's probably got a little bit more offense in there right now than Dewar does. Um, but Dewar, I mean, even when Bugstad's healthy again, it, it's not really a given that Bugstag's going to go in. Maybe he will because, um, you know, he's been around for a long time. He's an NHL player. Um, you know, he's a big kid. He gives you a little bit of everything in a bottom six role, and maybe he just forces away. Like, I mean, the doer, it's not going to make or break his career if he sticks it out. But right now, I mean, he's 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 making it really hard to take himself out of the lineup whenever it is that Bugstad's healthy. Um, so... Again, Dewar's been fantastic. It really just speaks to kind of the the culture and how they've kind of approached developing prospects since 
um, this new regime's come in. Uh, so it's just been really good. Uh, you really don't have anything to complain about as a Wild fan right now. I've said this a thousand times. You're in the sweet spot where you're a legit um you know, I think people try to say that they're not a legit contender. I don't really know what more they have to do to show people. Um, I know people want to talk about that second line center, and I get it. Um, but Ryan Harbin's not exactly a prototypical first line center, and you're still doing it with him too. Um, so, uh, tell you what, any team that can roll four the way they do, any team that can show up to their rank and say to the other team, hey, which way you want to play it, uh great we'll do that and we're gonna beat you at it uh any team that really you know they step onto the ice expecting to win they don't hope to win they expect to win to me that makes that puts you in the contender talk and they've been doing this now for two years uh i mean i think the turnaround really started right before dean epson took over uh you know when kevin fiala really started breaking out that seems to be when tides started to turn a little bit for minnesota they became fun to watch um, and then Billy G takes over. He tears a lot of it down, uh, but builds a lot of it up with how he approaches building the organization. He's good at deferring. You know, when it comes to the drafting and prospects, he lets Judd Brackett do his thing in their scouting staff. And it's exactly what you should be doing when you have Judd Brackett. Uh, but and it's paying off. So last thing on Boldy. Um, I think he is going to make me go like over a million in terms of like roster projection and off season moves and stuff. Like I had, we've, you guys have heard me before I had, <laughs> I had Greenway and Fiala penciled in to be dealt before next season uh, started. You know, I, I figured Greenway would be a mid season trade, uh, maybe like a package deal for that second line center. And then I figured Fiala would be, you know, a, a draft type trade, but, the, just watching Fiala, watching Boldy, um, I don't know how you don't do everything in your power to keep Kevin Fiala. He's happy being here. He's matured. Him and Dean Evison have a very funny relationship that just works. I think it's like a father-son thing, but I think there's a lot more like, not animosity, uh, but I think they're just very comfortable with each other. And, you know, Dean is a strict father, I think is how I'd I'd go with it. But I mean, Kevin Fiala is finally getting the puck luck now, and he's playing with Matt Boldy, who plays like a center. So it doesn't really matter who you put in between them. They're going to produce. Um, so again, I think you do everything in your power to keep Fiala. Uh, that probably means there's a couple guys that are going to be gone next season that we really don't want to be gone. Um, and it's funny listening. I don't know how people are going to react to this, but listening to Billy Guerin on uh, Chicklets, the one thing he brought up, and this is you're going to see where I'm going with this, uh, you know, he gets that A, you know, he gets the A on his sweater and he gets traded. Uh, it really does boost your value a bit. So maybe it's Matt Dumba in the offseason. You move six million, and I know that sucks. We all love Dumba, except for the weirdos that just jump on him for every turnover. Uh, he rocks. He's a good dude. He's a very likable guy. He's a great player. He's having a really good year again. Um, he's you know, it's been a battle for him to stay healthy. A lot of that's out of been out of his control. That the, the his most recent injury, that was ridiculous. Remember that ended up with a fucking Islanders power play? That was whatever. But anyways, you know, maybe you move $6 million out like that. In that case, you're probably looking at Dumba and Sturm, uh, Bugstad, 
Um, and I don't think the way it's going now, I, and with them re-signing Merrill, I don't think Goligoski's back. Uh, so maybe that's where Addison steps in next season, uh, making obviously not as much money. Um, and you're getting a younger player and he's ready to play in the NHL. And maybe that's when he takes that jump. So, you know, maybe you look at doing it that way and hope Kevin Fiala doesn't ask for $8 million. I don't really know what he'll get. Uh, I know he could get a lot on the open market, but I think he doesn't want to leave here. I think if he feels like a fair enough offer is on the table and he gets the term, I think he takes it. So, you know, we'll see what it ends up coming down to, but I could really do, I really do think that it ends with Fiala staying at this point. I should knock on wood because I've been wrong about every prediction. I really don't want to be wrong about this one. Uh, so maybe I should, should just shut the fuck up here. Uh, but you know, at this point, you look at the way they're going, and when Marco Rossi's ready, and you stick him in between those two, watch out. I mean, this team, it's that's a scary, scary line. Um, so you know, I wonder if that's the decision that they're gonna make now. I also think I don't really know if you know, I know we all want someone like a Giroux. I, we all know they we want them to take the big swing at the deadline and go for that noted for first line or second line center or whatever but i don't know how much he really wants to shake this up i wouldn't be totally surprised if it's more depth than anything else or if you know i don't think he'll t completely stand pat billy g but i think he'll you know i think he'll do something uh because i think every team needs to that wants to win um i just i don't know if it's gonna be you know i don't think he wants to give up a first round pick I don't think he wants to, you know, now that the cupboard's full of cupboard's full of like very good prospects, um, you know, and I'll touch on Wheeler's thing. I don't think he wants to just deal one out for a rental. Um, I know there are a lot of differing opinions on that. Um, I tend to lean towards just trusting Billy G. Um, you know, I don't think he makes any snap decisions. I don't think he does anything for short term gain. So, you know, I, 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 I really could see a scenario where you roll into the playoffs with your top two centers being Freddie Goudreau and Ryan Hartman. Whether that's the right move, I guess we'll find out. Or he'll do something else and he'll go big swinging. Um, but, you know, the way it, they're just rolling right now, and I don't know how much he wants to disrupt this team, and I don't really know how much he wants to make a huge move in the middle of the season. I mean, we've seen how tight the locker room is, so... Um, but yeah, just watching Poldy, man. I don't know. I don't know if you want to take Fiala out of the equation, uh, you know. And given the option between Dumba and Fiala, I think you take the younger player with like the borderline elite upside. So, you know, I think Dumba is what he is, and I think we're now seeing what Kevin Fiala can be consistently for a long time. Um, you know, I think you do everything in your power to keep that. And again, I think a lot of that has to do with Matt Boldy and how they go together. So um, I went longer on that than I thought I would. Um, so let's move on. Next thing I want to talk about real quick. Um, what did I want to do next? Let me pull it up. I did actually start writing some notes down this time. Um yeah, all right. Let's just do Wheeler's article. I got a bunch of people that were tagging me in that. I never actually sat down and read it in full. I just kind of breezed through it. Um, it was about what I expected. So here's the thing. I know everyone gets jacked up whenever uh, people 
you know, ranked their prospect pool really high. And I know people are super weird about like eviscerating people uh, when they don't think it's high enough. Like I saw some people going after them for like not naming them number one. I was like, you come the fuck down. Like it's going to be okay. Um, so here's my thing. Every person that scouts or analyzes prospects or, you know, whatever, analyzes the game, everyone has different tastes. Um, you know, people have different things that they look for in prospects and young players uh, that they like that that's going to make them rank that player really high. Uh, some people go pure ceiling, right? What their potential is. Uh, you know, some people... Look at the organization. Like another thing too, organizations look at prospect differently, right? Like for me, Ryan Ryan O'Rourke, I have very high in my rankings. Like I don't have a definitive. I mean, I could probably sit down and try to do one, um, but like you know, I I usually like with the draft too. I kind of go in tiers. I don't like p- putting. I don't like having to decide like, all right, this guy my eighth or seventh. Like, I don't like doing that. It's, it's more tiers. Uh, like I have Ryan O'Rourke very high at nine uh in other prospect pools i don't know i don't know if i would i think ryan again like this specific example like ryan o'rourke just gives you a little element that you don't really have a whole lot of in your uh prospect pool on defense um you have a lot of puck movers a lot of guys that are flashy uh you know not a ton of guys that are just pro hockey players that just do the job uh and then get off the ice and I think that a lot of that is what O'Rourke does, right? He's that guy that's going to calm down uh, the game. Generally, when he's on the ice, good things are only happening. Um, you know, and I think he's ready to take a big step here, and he's just to play a mature game. I think that's a lot different than a guy like, you know, Kalen Addison, who, I mean, again, he's ready to play in the NHL. Uh, he's very flashy. He's very offensive. The defensive side needs a ton of work, obviously, like any young defenseman, but uh, they're different. Um you know, and you can rank a certain one of those two higher than the other one, or, you know, maybe you have like a Lambos higher, uh, maybe you have like a Pert higher, whatever. Um, everyone has different tastes, and there's no real right answer, I don't think, until it's all said and done years from now, right? And then everyone likes to go back and dunk on takes from a long time ago. I don't like doing that. Um, there's no right or wrong way to analyze prospects. You can do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to, and that's what makes it so cool. Um, but it also makes it hard because uh, you got to figure out what's this player's strength, what's his weakness. Does the weakness outweigh that strength at the NHL level? Uh, is he going to be able to do the thing he's really good at at the NHL level? Well, you never really know. Um, and it usually takes a couple of years of watching the kid to figure it out or have an idea or form some kind of opinion on it. Um, but that's what makes the prospect stuff so much fun. And I've kind of drifted away from, I mean, not really, I still watch way too much, but, uh, I like watching prospects and analyzing prospects and scouting prospects really more than the NHL at this point. Uh, cause when they do make it and you've been watching a kid for years, it really feels good. Uh, it's just a cool thing. So, uh, me and Wheeler were very different. Uh, he's unbelievable. He's super smart. So good at what he does. He busts his balls watching these guys. He does this for every organization, and he's not just like two or three sentences like, oh, this is what this guy, blah, blah, blah. He legitimately watches all of them, right? Um, you know, he puts out really good, thoughtful, coherent work on each and every kid. Um, you know, he doesn't just put 
rankings together and say, ah, fuck it, this kid's three, this kid's two. Like, he really thinks about it, and he does really good work. Um, and whether you are like me and analyze or have similar ways of watching that I do, or whether you're like Wheeler and approach the game he does, doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Uh, but we're different. And that's that's cool. That's what make again. That's what makes it fun. Um, so generally speaking, I think Wheeler is more like he puts a whole lot of more emphasis than I do on skating um, and the finer things. I think you'll generally notice, with a few exceptions, that um, when he's talking about prospects, not just with the Wild, but in general, um, you know, he puts a lot more emphasis on like the skill. Um, you know, he dives into the analytics. I don't really. It, I think I like looking at the analytics for prospects, but because uh, I think it's interesting, I just think analytics are interesting to learn about. And I think any chance you can to learn a new way to analyze the game of hockey, if you love hockey, then you shouldn't just shit on analytics because you don't like it. To me, it's just another way of looking at it. It makes it interesting. Um, but he kind of goes towards that side. I don't know. I just kind of watch it um, and look for habits uh, and find things that make kids stick out and get an idea of what I think might be projectable. And I think that differs organization by organization. Like obviously I like the wild and I like the Bruins. They're very different prospect pools and some of them wouldn't really fit in the other. Um, There's some high end, super high ceiling guys that they're going to be really good, high ranking prospects in any pool. Uh, But there are some that just, just wouldn't really fit the other. It's just the way it is. Um, and again, the thing that for me that makes the wild prospect pool so good is you have a little bit of everything. You have guys like Boldy, Ross, Yep, Walset, uh, Addison, Lambos, so those super high uh, blue chip guys that, um, you know, they, st- you stand, they stand out when you watch them, right? They're like top six guys, top four D. But then you have guys that do a little bit of everything or guys that do one thing really well that, you know, some of those blue chip guys might not do really well. Like I look like, um you know novak or first off some shooters um every area of the game you have in this pool um and i just think it's a really well-rounded diverse pool of prospects and that's why i have that them really high in terms of uh like around the league and i think that's why wheeler does too um but let's just run through his list really quick uh i don't know should i read all of them i'm not gonna read like the fucking full paragraph for each one but let's go Tier by tier, I guess. Uh, he's got Matt Bully at number one. I'm totally fair. Rossi's at two. Wallstead's at three. Those are my top three. I mean, they're the three. Those are three number one at their position ceiling guys. Marco Rossi, number one center, blue chip. One of the best prospects uh, in the NHL. Should have gone way higher. Well, may, may not way. Eh, I think I had him at five that year. Um, but they... Either way, I, and you could, for those three, you could put them in any order. I'm like, yep, that works for me. I've told you that before. Um, so after that, he actually has Lambos at four, which I think is interesting. I kind of love it. Um, you know, Lambos, we've said it before, he's a throwback that can skate, right? He plays so hard. He hits. Um, you know, he moves the puck. The skating's good. Uh, he's got an absolute bomb of a shot. Um, you know, he, so he gives you a little bit of everything. So I think it's interesting to have him at four. Um, I figured he'd lean more towards Addison or, you know, I know he likes Pert. I think he has Pert way higher than I do. Uh, but I figured, you know, I thought Lambos might be towards the bottom of his top 10. Uh, so I kind of love that he put him at four. Um, 
just a super athlete, so confident. He really, he's kind of like an alpha, like like I've talked about work before. Um, and I actually think he doesn't get enough credit for his defensive game just because his highlight real stuff's all offense, right? When he's walking the blue line, when he's just bombing shots from the point. Um, but the defense is good, and he's been really good when he's been healthy this year for Winnipeg. Uh his last game was his best game in a little bit. You got to remember this kid's like his sixth game since November between Winnipeg, not playing games and him getting injured. Uh, the world juniors getting canceled. Um, but yeah, four, I think that's probably higher than I would have put him. Um, but I think it totally makes sense. You know, that's a kid that has potential to be a future number one, for sure. Your power play quarterback. Uh, he just does a lot of things really well. Um, so I kind of love that. Love him at four in terms of your, your pure projection ceiling potential. Um, you know, I think it's a safe bet to have him on a second pair, but he's, it's not unreasonable to say that he could be a number one for sure. So then he's got Addison at five, who's Nadinov at six, and he's got Pert at seven. I have Pert lower than seven. Love Pert, though. Um, I think this year I've kind of soured on him a little bit. He's been interesting, man. I saw, I forget who it was. They were doing, it's like a, Essentially, it's like a full rundown of analytics for he was doing it for college guys. Uh, and Pert's pretty much translated exactly what you see. Um, I have all the time in the world and all the respect in the world for his ability to move the puck, um, you know, and transition D to offense. Um, I think his defense has been serviceable, I think it hasn't been great. You know, he's taken way too many fucking minor penalties just these like tripping and interference like guys beating him wide which doesn't really make sense to me because his skating is that good um but my big i don't want to say problem because i don't really like being harsh that harsh on the kids but if you ask me i will be totally honest um again moving the puck getting up the ice transition going from you know lugging the getting the puck from the defensive zone into the offensive zone is incredibly valuable and important uh skill for a puck moving defenseman to have and incredibly valuable for your team my problem so far with pert other than the penalties and like the so-so 50 50 not really sure what you're going to get on defense um you know once you know, he's incredibly creative the way he's able to move the puck up the ice, whether he's carrying it. Uh, he had a ridiculous stretch pass the other day for a secondary assist um, against Western Michigan. Sick game. Um, but once he gets into that offensive zone, it seems like the creativity has been dying. And I don't know why. Um, you know, because this is a kid, he can move laterally, laterally really well. You've heard me talk about Kyle Masters in a similar light. Um, they're very different, but yet similar in their transition abilities and that's really where their game stands out and their their ability to move the puck whether it's with a pass or whether it's skating it up um but he's been doing a little bit of what masters has been doing and he kind of gets stuck in that death corner where the blue line meets the wall um and it's just interesting because pert has that ability to start shifting left to right or right to left or whatever um but he's been settling it for just kind of throwing it down the wall again or, or he'll just throw a pass across the ice or send a hopeful shot on net. Um, the shot's not dynamic or by any means it's accurate. And he's generally shooting with purpose. He's looking for sticks. He's looking for rebounds, uh, but it's really not a threat. So, you know, again, he's incredible with the puck 
carrying, passing, transition, uh, exiting the defensive zone and getting those entries, which is incredibly important. But once he gets there, it just seems like the creativity is dying a little bit. Uh, he's not that effective. Uh, I think he's got 14 points, which is very respectable for a true freshman. Um, and also something that's very difficult to do, especially uh, on a St. Cloud team that generally speaking is one of the older teams in the nation. It's tough for a young D-man to go in there and pop right away. Um, and I don't think he's getting as much uh, offensive or power play looks as I thought he might. Um, but it's just been like he hasn't really stood out on a lot of nights. He's had a couple really good games, like those two games against North Dakota uh, right before the World Juniors, two best games. Um, it looked like he was carrying that. I thought the one game he played in the World Juniors, albeit he didn't play a ton, but every shift he was noticeable and he was very good uh, offensively and defensively. He had that secondary assist for a shift. Um, and I was really hoping that he would kind of take that and run with it. Uh, you know, Then there was the pause again for COVID. I think they missed four straight games, and that kind of slowed him down. So maybe it's a little bit of he doesn't really have a stretch of consistent games yet. He got hurt earlier in the year too, so maybe that's it. So he's kind of you've got to get in the groove a little a little bit uh, and get into a routine again. But, um, you know, he just hasn't stood out as much as I thought he might. Um, and there was a little bit of that when he went. He was pretty good in the USHL. Actually, he was really good a lot of games in the USHL going from high school um, last season. Um, but every once in a while, he'd do the same thing. Um, so it's just been up and down. It's been weird. So, but again, that's pretty much exactly what the, the the analytics were telling you in terms of like expected goals for like individual expected goals. Not a ton. Uh, defensively, in some games he's great. Some games he is terrible. Uh, and the penalties is it's the penalties thing is maddening. And none of them are for like you know five minute majors for big hits or in college if you hit someone in the head you're just gone. Uh, they're all minors and they're all like stick infractions, slashing, tripping, interference because someone's going around them. He's whatever um so again this kid he's young he's 18 years old he's playing in uh college he's playing at one of the best in the nation uh, one of the best teams in the nation so it's not it's not easy um but that's that's my thing on per so right now i had him a little bit lower than that probably closer to 10 to 12 um uh, but I, I also have no problem with him with wheeler putting him there um, especially when you consider the fact that he really is built like that modern day puck moving D and he's built to succeed in the NHL. It's just, I'd like to see a little bit more offensive pop or creativity or a little bit of something be more of a threat in the offensive zone. Um, I need to see a little bit more consistent defense for me to start pushing him up higher than where I have him. Um, but that'd be my take. Again, we've talked about who's in Dinoff before, uh, KHL is like playing like friendlies right now, like exhibition games. Cause they, again, they do whatever the fuck they want and they're waiting for the Olympics to end. And then they're going to pick up the playoffs. Um, he spelled Kuznadinov wrong. That'd be funny. Um, but yeah, I like him at six. I like him there. Uh, I think whether he's going to be a center or a wing doesn't really matter. He's going to be incredibly effective. I've said this before. I think his absolute floor is like a Nico Stern where he's a bottom six very very good defensive center uh with some sneaky offense in there uh, i think he is super creative he's got to get a little bit bigger uh in terms of just not being 150 pounds and five foot eight um but just incredibly dynamic skater super smart defensively he's just a rock 
uh, plays hard minutes, even when he's playing those games where it's like nine, they're all in the defensive zone. He's playing against big, big fucking men, ex-NHLers, and he's more than fitting in. When he gets that ice time and he's playing center in a top six role or he's playing top six wing, he's producing points in the KHL. Um, so I think he comes over after this contract's up, and I think he just jumps right in. Um, you know, I don't know how much time in Iowa he'll really need, but when you got a kid that can move the way he can move when he's that smart, when he's defensively that good, uh, you know, that I think there's the offense is there. He's just going to get inside a little bit more. You said that before. Sometimes he just is happy to be on the perimeter a little bit. And that's where it's like, man, maybe he's a wing. Uh, I still think they project him as a center. Um, I do think his ceiling, he could be a potential number two right now. I think it's more likely that he's like a three. Um, but I mean, this is a kid. I think either way, he's going to go up into the lineup. I think there's sneaky offense in there. He's never going to be a point per game guy. Um, but he's just an all around. He does a little bit of everything, but the defensive side, at least at this point is really where it's like, where he's very noticeable. Uh, so I think six is a, is a pretty good spot for him there. Um, let's just keep going. We've talked about Essen before. We don't need to talk about him at five. I think that's fair. He had Beckman at eight. Uh, that's fine. I, I think it's interesting, uh, especially if Fiala stays. Um, it really is now making sense that Beckman been primarily in that middle six in Iowa playing more defensive, playing harder minutes, not getting every single power play. Look, um, you know, he's a shot first guy. He always has been because his shots that good. Um, you know, the ability to score from distance is something that not a lot of people have. And he does that, um, you know, the skating's the skating's fine. It's not great. It's not dynamic by any means. I don't know. I'm assuming that he mentioned that in the article because Wheeler's big into skating uh, more so than I am. Um, again, but you know, it's not necessarily something that's going to keep him out of the NHL or keep him from being a really good player in the NHL. Uh, once he just adds a little bit more than just that, that heavy shot, you're looking at a kid that he should project to be in that top six. Um, so, you know, maybe the top six wingers of the future, like Caprizov, Beckman, Boldy, Ross, or, uh, Fiala, um, not bad. So that's fair. This is interesting to me. I am actually kind of surprised. I think it makes sense. He's got McBain at nine. I think it's, I'm not going to say crazy because I just think Rhino Rourke's more of a sure thing in the NHL. Um, but I, I do, I haven't, again, I should really see, I should probably read what Wheeler said. Let's read McBain's. Uh, I really like McBain's size. Wow, he doesn't say that very often. I like McBain's size, skill, combination. Makes sense. His skating continues to improve. Fact. And I know it has been rewarding for all those who have been involved in this long development see him put it all together uh, this season and fulfill on the promise that many hoped he'd untap. Uh, control play on the cycle is six foot four, four, six foot four frame. Occasionally, he flashes skill in traffic. He sees the ice well. Helps his line play more of their shifts in the offensive zone. Correct. The defensive zone, he's now contributing... Uh, more in transition and taking advantage of that quiet skill he has. Looking forward to, okay, blah, blah, uh, Yeah, I mean, to me, this, I like it. Uh, again, this kid a lot of people had in the first round. Um, it's it's hard to keep a kid that good, that big out of a lot of first round uh, rankings. And, you know, he fell a little bit. Uh, and people have kind of been waiting for him to pop, and it finally is. Some kids just take longer to really figure out who they are as players. Uh, again, you're looking at middle to bottom six. He can play on the wing. He can play on the center. 
uh, puck possession guy. Like he can't knock him off the puck. Um, so that's why he works really well with Nestorenko. Nestorenko also loves, uh, you know, possessing in the offensive zone. They don't rush anything. Um, they don't settle for really bad shots or anything. Uh, you know, the puck's just kind of on their stick and you're not getting it back. That's just the way it is. And if you do get it off him, he's going to run you. Defensively, he's been so good this season. Uh, it's like, I mean, I think he's got a little bit better each and every year. This is a new level for him offensively and defensively. He's just a very good, well-rounded player right now. It's good to see these healthy again. Uh, BC's down bad. They still haven't won since December. A lot of that has to do with Jack McBain, their leading scorer, not being there since that game. Um, you know, he's been playing Olympics. I'll be honest, I haven't watched a single second of the Olympics. I just can't do it. Um, I wa- well, that's not true. I watched a couple seconds. I watched a couple of his shifts. I thought he looked fine. Um you know, it's going to be hard for him to stand out there. We're already at 45 minutes. Who was I fucking kidding? Um, but I like McBain and nine. I think his game just translates to the NHL. He's, how many times have I said this before? Like, his ability to keep the puck in tight spaces um, is just so good. Uh, and his wall work, you can't win the puck from him. Either he's just going to reverse it at you. Um, but the way he protects it, and then he kind of just finagles around guys. Somehow, being 6'4", he can still sneak around you. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, he's just shifty and the skating's got a lot better. It's not necessarily like dynamic by any means, but the speed's there. Um, you know, he's not going to like blow by you, but you're not going to blow by him either. If that makes sense. I think he more than keeps up. Um, he skates well enough for him to be able to play his game. I think that ultimately translate along translates along with the size and the hands, uh, to the NHL level. So, um, you know, give him some, give him a year in Iowa. Again, I would do everything in my power to keep him, make sure he doesn't go anywhere else. Um, but just another kid that, you know, you look at, you know, you could look at a potential fourth line of like a Dewar McBain Duhane. And that is just a neat line with sneaky skill. They can move, they're smart. Defensively, they're really good. Um, it's just a pain in the ass line to play against. So maybe that's what you look at as a future bottom six line. But I I, I just think this kid's game ultimately translates to the NHL level. So I actually like that at nine. It's interesting. He's got a work at 10 for me. That's too low. Um, but I totally get it too. He's um he's a real throwback. Like without like, you know, we think like throwback defensemen, it's those alpha dogs. Like they are the sheriff. That's just what he is. And, but again, the thing for me, he's not just like a complete mutant. He's not fighting every game or anything like that. He hits you. Uh, he will fight, not afraid to fight. Um, but the defensive prowess is just so good. He's actually hurt right now. Um, he took a nasty hit to the head uh, two games ago, came back in the second period. And then I don't think he played in the third and he didn't play in the next game. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but again, we said, I mean, I say this every single fucking episode, he more than fit in as an 18 year old in the AHL. Um, if he was allowed to, he could have gone right back and played again, in the a- uh, AHL. Um, and unlike Damon hunt, who I think needs to like learn to simplify the game a little bit and play like normal hockey, uh, O'Rourke, he just does what you need him to do. And it's no questions. Um, and again, I think his ability to get the puck up the ice is very underrated. I think I tweeted a clip of him in transition, just carrying it up, which he doesn't do that often. Um, usually he's going to, you know, retrieve, evade, forecheck, 
and then hold on to it long enough, whether they're changing or whatever, and pass it. Um, sometimes he identifies that open space and he just goes and he takes it. Um, so you don't really know what he's going to do, but either way, he just is usually doing the right thing. That's what he's doing. Um, so for me, he's just, whether he's um, a guy that, I think he can go up and down that defensive lineup, really. Uh, you know, again, sneaky offense in there, not a ton. I don't think he's, uh, you know, he's not going to put up a ton of points in the NHL, but there is, like, you know, he passes the puck really well. He's got a good shot, but I just don't think, you know, in the NHL it's not going to be his game. He's kind of just, like, I think he's just going to be Mr. Reliable. Um, and I think he's going to have a really long NHL career, and I think he's close to, to being NHL ready. Give him a year in Iowa give him a two years now i don't know um but he's just such a good player i've said it before that for me the way i describe him is he's just a pro this one i was surprised he's got henches at 11 over guys like damon hunt doer who's in the nhl uh i okay i mean i should probably read it before i say anything isn't the fastest skater, hardest shooter, most rare playmaker, well-run a player who's equal part shooter, passer, fair, pushes pace, keeps his feet moving, can hang on to the puck with lesser players or play a given ghost style when he's not the most talented player on his line. He also plays hard. So it's clear. Game will translate well at the pro level, which is half the battle. But while I'd count on being more... Okay, yeah. Sir, concerns the top seven or between her call-up. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of where I've been seeing him. I mean, the kid's still young. He's 22. Um, you know, I think he'll be in the AHL next season, and, you know, we'll see how he does. Um, you know, could he end up just being like a Jerry Mayhew? Worst-case scenario, you're just a fucking a beauty who is too good for the AHL but isn't good enough to be a consistent producer in the NHL. I think that's kind of where I've landed on him just a little bit. But um, I respect the... He is right, you know, like he's not the best player in like in the world. He's not there's no part of his game that is like that's elite. Um but he manages to just do his thing and kind of produce and fit in wherever he goes. And you know, you can make a career out of that. So, you know, maybe um maybe he maybe he pops. But uh I wouldn't have him over guys like Damon Hunt or Connor Dewar or I don't a lot of these guys um but i love seeing different ideas so um cool that he's at number 11 uh, he's got hunt 12 he's not a, i don't think he's a very big damon hunt guy um and you can tell he doesn't like him the first two sentences hunt's probably the one player on the list whose opinion i diverge from on the wild i like him <laughs> This is, a, I actually like this sentence though. He's an excellent junior hockey defenseman, but I think he also often gets credit for things I'm not convinced are actual. So I'm just going to keep going. Okay, we're back, I think. Anyways, um, 
so I actually went on a long thread in re in response to someone. I tweeted a video of Pavel Novak, and I actually someone said, "Hey, why do you think at Scott Wheeler's so low on him? Because I think he hasn't at sixteen. Uh, and I didn't even look; I just assumed he was talking about Hunt. I know he's a, he's not the biggest Hunt fan in the world, and I think it makes sense. Um, so I went on a long thread. Bottom line with Damon Hunt relies on he's so much more athletic than everybody. He's stronger. Um, he's meaner. Uh, and he gets away with all of that in junior hockey. Uh, and on top of that, he's got the offense. He can skate. My thing is, I think he has the physical tools, um, and I think he's smart enough um, to make himself more of a pro, not complete running gun, psychotic, wild card player. Uh, I think I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. Like I'm, I'm ready for him to be done in the WHL. I don't think it's doing anything for him. Um, you know, he played a couple games in Iowa last season. Looks great. Uh, he's going to have to figure out a way to be tame. Um, but right now he doesn't really have to do that in WHL and it's incredibly effective. He's leading the WHL in defensive scoring. Um, uh, again, he just does whatever he wants and it works and him and the Chuck are incredible. So it's fine. But when he goes to play pro hockey, he's not going to be able to do any of that really. Um, but he has the physical tools and the ability to figure it out. And I think he will. So that's where I think him Wheeler and I really um, diverge on Damon Hunt. Um, but I do think that's a very – I think that's a good way of putting it. He's an excellent junior hockey defenseman. So maybe it's more of a question mark, and he's doubting it a little bit more than I am. Um, but, again, I think you look at a kid with that – the physical tool set, the ability, um, you know, and, and just – his attitude and the way he approaches every game, I think he ends up making it. And I think he ends up being an effective player, but he also could like, if he's going to be on a third pair for his NHL career, is he going to be able to figure it out? Who knows? Um, you know, if you're going to have to be like a Rhino work, he's going to, he's going to figure it out. Like he's going to, no matter where you put him in the lineup, um, you know, it's not like a boomer bust situation. Damon Hunt's going to have to figure out how to be, you know, there are going to be games where you're only playing defense, right? Can you be a reliable guy that only gets 12 minutes? We'll see. Um, but I mean, I do think Damon Hunt's right now. I have him as their second best, closest to being. I don't count Addison as a prospect anymore. I really don't. Um, but I have Hunt and O'Rourke as the two guys that are closest to being NHL ready. Um, but there are question marks for Hunt, and it's a, it, if you're going to take the negative approach, it's that he's a boomer bust. Either he's going to be really good, or he's not going to make it. So I think that's where his doubts come in on Hunt. I got to speed through this now because we're already at an hour. I'm just, I'm a moron. Um, Dewar, I don't know why he's even considered a prospect. Okay, he has Hovind on 14. Um, I think that probably makes sense. Uh, you know, we'll see if he ever figures it out. He's got Philip Johansson at 15 ahead of like Novak, Marshall Warren, first off, Nestoranko, and Bank here. Um, interesting. Uh, I don't think he's gonna make it over here. I don't think he's coming over. I think let's take that second round pick and run with it. Um, but I said it last week, he's got all the tools. It's whether or not he can put it all together without losing the other one, right? I think I just said it. He's, uh, you know, he's got all the tools, but he doesn't have a toolbox to put him in. That's how I think of Philip Johansson. He's being really good. This is, he's really good, though, this season, which is good to see. So who you never know. Um, but I, I think I would be shocked if he ended up actually coming over here and um, they didn't take that second round pick. Uh, Novak is 16. I, I'm a, I know that Wheeler really doesn't like the skating. Um in, I've been tweeting that I think Novak does make it. Uh, he's scoring in a lot of different ways. He's, um, you know, the skating thing, it's not necessarily as bad as, I don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is. I don't think it's something that's going to keep him out of 
the NHL. Like right now he's playing with, you know, Colton Dock who went higher than he did in the draft, whatever, a year or two later. Um, but he's outproducing by like what, like 20 points. Like he's just he's outproducing a lot of people that went way higher than he did in the draft. Um, and he's doing it in different ways, scoring from net front. He's He's got that bomb of power play. He can. He's got a couple shootout goals. He's got a couple uh, uh, penalty shot goals. Like he's just. He's dangerous. You can't. He's right now. He's a player you can't lose track of, or he's going to make you pay. Um, he's really grown. Um, the defensive thing. It's bad. It's really bad. He refuses to move his feet. It's fascinating to watch. He loves just gliding around the defensive zone. Um, for me, I'd give him a couple more years. Someone. I think someone asked me if Pavel Novak ends up in the AHL next season. If he wants to play in junior hockey again, I'd let him play in junior hockey again. There's no really, there's no real need for him to be in Iowa. Um, you know, if you can give him an extra year of development in the CHL uh, and then bring him up again, I think that's totally fine. Um, you know, I think you can rush guys to the AHL, and I think it can hurt them. Uh, maybe that's the case for him. I would like to see him get a little bit better defensively because Tim Army is going to rip him to shreds if he goes to AHL and tries to defend like that the way he is. Um, because you know, he, I mean, it's fascinating. He just doesn't move his feet. Um, but I think he moves right to left really well. I think the speed's fine. It's very weird. Again, it's like choppy. It's not fluid, but like, um, you know, he can get from point A to point B. You know, he's not like 10 yards behind you. Um, and he's been really good on the forecheck this season. So, you know, there's ability there to, to defend somehow. And he, he's actually really good with the stick. Um but it just in the defensive zone, it goes away. I don't know if it's like it's just he's not interested in it um, or he just never has ever been challenged to play defense, but he has to if he's going to make it in the NHL um, because especially in this pool, like he's probably not going to end up in that top six. You know, you look at the guys that they have and the other prospects that they have, like it's going to be he's going to have to figure out a way to be a middle six guy. Um, so we'll see. But again, the other thing too that separates him is that the ability to win faceoffs. Uh, you know, he's playing center, he's playing wing whenever they really need him, and he's just producing the same clip. So there you go. Uh, Marshall Warren, 17, feels low for me. Uh, he's been incredible this season. Um, again, the only bright spot at this point for Boston College in this ridiculous losing streak and or well, winning streak is him, and he's getting shots on net like from everybody. He's got like eight attempts a game at this point. Um, he's getting points now too. Uh, a lot of that's you know, the guys are the Olympics, guys are hurt, uh, but they're completely depleted. And he's been like the one good thing about that team. Uh, you want to talk about transition. He does it at a thousand miles an hour. Uh, just an incredible skater. Um, you know, he's like full speed ahead. He'll go right through you. He'll go around you. Uh, again, defensively, he keeps a really good gap, defends well with the stick, uh, plays hard. Um, I think he's got the attitude to make it too. I just think he's a player. Um, but 17 feels low. Uh, 18 for first off feels very low. Um, I get it because I think sometimes at his worst, he can be very one-dimensional and he can be a little bit selfish and he can take himself out of the play. Um, but he's on right now, this this past month, has been, he's been incredible. Uh, he's got nine points in seven games. He's on a four-game point streak. He's scoring. He's assisting. He's hitting. Uh, he's working defensively. Um, he's just been really good. I think 18 is too low. He's got Nestorenko at 19. Um, I get it. Mostly because Nesterango's in a rough patch right now. He had a really bad penalty out of the game, the bean pot, uh, just a dumb, selfish one. He's done it a few times this season for BC. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's, I mean, he's a Russian kid. I mean, he's not technically Russian, uh, but he's a kid from Brooklyn who's got a chip on his shoulder. He's uh, He doesn't lack confidence, that's for sure. That's what makes him so good, though. Um, 
19 feels low, but at the same time, it's a super deep pool, so you have to put some someone somewhere. Uh, they've got Bank here at 20. I think Bank here, same thing. I think that's low. Um, and you guys have heard me be a pretty strong critic of Bank here. Um, but, you know, again, I think my comparison to him was like an Alex Kalorn, you know? So I think he just kind of does what you need him to do. Again, every week now for the past like month and a half, two months, I've been saying it's totally making sense that one of the first things they, they said when they drafted him was coaches describe him as, as a low maintenance player. Um, and again, the ability to play with uh, really good players and fit in and do whatever the team needs you to do, uh, that to me translates. So, um, you know, this is a kid, I don't think he has a problem, you know, if he's not going to be in a top six, I don't think he has any problem being in like a middle six um, and being good in that role. Um, ultimately, again, I think he's a role guy. Um, he's never going to be the go-to guy, um, but you need the job done. I think Caden Bank is going to do that, whether it's offensively, defensively. Uh, again, I've said it before, he's really good in tight spaces. He's got a really good shot in tight. He plays that bumper on their power play. Um, not the fastest kid in the world, but he's figuring out that skating. Again, that growth spurt. It's really hard for kids to figure out, uh, but he's been playing really good hockey. Even when the points aren't there, uh, he works super hard. Uh, he defends well. Um, he's generally effective when he's on the ice, so I like him. Um, but I think 20 is probably low for me. Um, again, I, I mean, like, like I'd have him above Hentges, who he has at 11. So, um, you know, at this point, I think he makes it before Hovanov does. Just And I, you know me, I love Hovanov, and he's been playing, and he's been okay. Uh, he's, but he's getting that run of games I was hoping for. Um, but yeah, so those are the those are the rankings. Uh, he has Giroux, not even ranked. There's another one he doesn't have ranked. Uh, Pillar, interesting one. He hasn't been playing. He got hurt again, so that sucks. Uh, Pillar, not being ranked, feels low, but whatever. Don't care. Um, so that's that. And now we're at an hour. That's insane. So I think that's probably where I will um, just go right to the questions. Uh, but before we do that, I should probably pay the bills. So let's talk about DraftKings. Uh, hoops fans. Wow. Uh, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Yep. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Do it right now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line. 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-79-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text hope new york four six seven three six nine let's go to the questions once i write this down for timestamps all right i will do my best to answer these questions and not cheap out on them or give uh short answers but we're already at an hour i was gonna <laughs> i almost i was so no, whatever. I'm an idiot. Uh, okay, Seth, 
to Paul, my guy, I said, Tubes, which position group is the deepest for the Wild in their prospect system? I probably lean towards defense, and at this point, maybe center. They got a lot of guys that can play center. Um, you know, goaltending, you have Wallstedt, one of the best goaltending prospects in the league. Um, there's definitely a significant drop-off there between him and, like, Jones, Maribo, Kakinen. Uh, but I do think you have two guys that are good enough to play in the NHL right now. Um, well, when I say that, I mean two of your guys project to be at least good slash cockin has been good uh good nhl goalies which is good but um you know you have a ton of centers now uh they've drafted heavily at center they've drafted a ton of defensemen uh so i think that's probably your uh position strength again i've said it before i'd like to see some high um upside maybe right shot wingers um but you got a, a lot of guys right now that also who have been playing wing who can win faceoffs uh, and play center when their teams are um in a hole you look at like bankier plays both pillar plays both nestorenko plays both uh novak plays both um so i would probably go towards center and, or defense um you know in terms of ceiling there's probably more high-end defensemen so maybe it's defensemen i'll go defensemen but i mean it's just hard to say you one of your positions is better than like a Marco Rossi. But um, yeah, I, I'd go defenseman. I think they have more guys that project to be very good NHL defensemen um, than centers. Alex, the one with the million numbers. Uh, more of a general question. How much influence do teams actually have on development of their prospects, especially those that are far away in Europe or juniors? Do they get to say anything? Uh, or is it pretty much in the hands of the prospects' current teams? I was curious about that since some organizations have a reputation of developing well and others do not. Totally depends. Um, you know, like, I don't think Bill Guerin has any say uh, in Rat Who's and Dino's Ice Time. Right? Uh, you know, it tends to be, if you're farther away, there's not going to be a ton there. I think some teams are really good about staying away. For me, it's it really does depend on the player, I think. It depends on the team. Uh, it depends how they approach, you know, those prospects. Um, but it really does vary team by team. Like there's like the Buffalo Sabres have like no scouts. Like just after like during the pandemic, they had like literally no scouts in Europe. So um anyways, uh it, it really does differ team by team. Um and generally speaking, there aren't a ton of guys who are gonna have or uh, there's not a ton of teams that are going to be super hands-on. I think the sweet spot again is just to let them grow. Um, you know, they talk to the coaches um, often, uh, especially prospects that um, teams really like. Uh, you know, you'll, but it's more talking to the coach about the kid and asking questions than it necessarily is. Hey, you need to do this um, because all of these coaches are like this is their job too. So they know what they're doing um, and they're not stupid. So I would say it's, it's some teams are more hands-on other teams aren't. Um, but it, again, it really does depend on the kid and the team. Like, but knowing the wild Billy Garen doesn't say anything. I'm sure he just talks to coaches, has a kid in the room, talks to billet families, whatever. Um, but in terms of like their ice time or how they're playing, I don't think there are a ton of teams that are really, really hands-on. I know there are some that are like, hey, why are you putting this kid here? Like, uh, you know, if fucking Winnipeg put Lambos at center, I think they might say something. But in terms of kind of just how they dictate 
how their prospects are developing. It's really when they're in Iowa or they're in they're under team control, like literally in the ECHL or AHL. That's when there's a lot more say, obviously. Uh, and that's where that development comes in. But in terms of like guys or teams that are good about or have a good reputation, I think it's about knowing when to pull the trigger on bringing them over uh, or calling them up to the NHL. I think that's more so where, um, you know, teams get good at developing prospects is knowing when kids are ready and when they're not um, and where they're going to become whatever closer to being ready. Do they need another year in juniors? Like for me, I'd, I'd have Novak another year in juniors. I wouldn't bring him over to the AHL right now. I don't think he's ready. Um, and I, I know he's not ready to play for Tim Army. So if you can let him have another year over there uh, in Kelowna, that's no problem. Let him enjoy hockey. Let him have fun. Junior hockey, like so many of these kids get rushed up too early. Um, and I think a lot of kids, they think they need to get to the a- or AHL or NHL as fast as they, as fast as human pos- humanly possible. Uh, but a lot of people that I've talked to me like, no. If they're ready, bring them up. Same thing with like going AHL to NHL, right? Like we saw Minnesota, they tried either to get rid of all the prospects or just call them up to the NHL as soon as possible. Um, and it's terrible. Um, you know, I think it's it's figuring out what situations would be best for a kid's development. Those are the teams that really have a grasp on um, or have that reputation of being good. Is Does this kid need another year in juniors or should we bring him over? Uh, should we try to get him to sign right now out of college? Boldy. Um, you know, so I think that's where it comes in. And you're seeing it now with guys like Rossi Beckman, um, you know, guys, Addison, guys that are ready to be NHL players, but yeah, let them, let them marinate in the AHL a little bit. It's only good for them. You can't really stay down too long necessarily. It doesn't kill you. Uh, you can get called up too early, but that's how I think a lot of teams approach or a lot of teams that are good um, or have good reputations for development. It's knowing where your player should be, not necessarily how they should be playing and what they should be working on at juniors. Cause usually the coaches know that there's a long answer. Sorry. Uh, Tyler, I think this is this something Cyril Carroll. I don't know. Very unlikely, but how fun would a Matejchuk Hunt future second pair be? It would rock. It would be complete chaos. I don't even know if it would work in the NHL, but that's I'm telling you, that's the best D pair and most entertaining in I think like the CHL from what I watched. They're everything they do, every shift they do something. They stand out. They're flashy. Play hard. They fight. They hit. They score. They do everything. Uh, who are some young NHL comps for Novak? really tough player to find a comp for i usually don't like sit down and try to come up with comps usually it just like comes to me like the first few times i watched i've said this before i've watched josh pillar i was like that's like a craig smith um kind of just like chaos uh plays at 100 miles an hour and whatever okay don't go down that rabbit hole again um novak's kind of tough um, because I do think he's a different player now than he was last year. And I think last year he was a different player than he was the year before that in his draft year. <sighs> God, who would he kind of remind me of? Mm, I should have put more thought into this. I'm going to move on and try to come back. You making a trip to Minnesota for playoffs to turn West 7th into a Waffle House? <laughs> I love that. Sure, I'm down. I've been trying to figure out a time to come out. Uh, now that I have not been fired after a couple months working at my job, um, I'm going to learn how vacation time works. and I'm going to take 
a long weekend or take a week and actually come to Minnesota. Uh, and I should just do it for the playoffs, maybe. Um, I really want to go to the high school tournament, though. But I'm going to come out there soon, hopefully, because uh, I've never been to Minnesota. Just what blows. Come a fucking townie that doesn't leave. Anyways, I'm going to come back to that Novak question, though, as more thoughts, as more come to me. Okay, Minnesota Wild Talk. One, dudes rock, confirmed. Uh, two, is Damon Hunt always hitting like the Moose Jaw, like the clip Moose Jaw released today? Yes, that's what he does. That's exactly what he does every single game. Uh, in case anyone's wondering what he's talking about, uh, their last game, actually, they're playing right now. I should probably figure out what's going on there. Um, he was running guys over. He threw like eight giant hits, and then he got in a fight in the, the game because he killed another kid with like four seconds left. Does it every game. Three, what are the odds no vex with the Iowa Wild next year? I'd say low. There's just really no spots. Um, and I don't think he's necessarily in a, in a place where he should go play in the AHL. I think give him another year in juniors, let him rip it up again. Um, try to make him work, at least learn how to move his feet defensively. Um, you want him to be as good as they can possibly be before they leave juniors, for me anyways. Um, he is older. Uh, he'll be 20, so he can go. I, but I do think he still has a year of WHL eligibility left. May, might not, though. Uh, but for me, if the option's there, I'd keep him in Kelowna for one more year and then bring him over. But I, uh, I don't know if the COVID rules are going to change that. Anthony B, who are a couple prospects towards the end of the first round in the 22 NHL draft that the Wild should be interested in? This is a good question because I think there's a lot of kids that are going to fall lower than they should. Uh, one that I really like is another Russian kid, Gleb Trikazov. If you go by um really hardcore draft people they'll say he's top 15 which hopefully you're not in uh some people have him falling out um you know again i think you're probably not looking at a defenseman you're taking the best player available obviously um but there are some guys that are like drastically falling like i look at like a brad lambert i think he should probably be in everyone's top 10 uh but people have just been looking for reasons to drop him uh he's having a really weird year really bad start then he was having a pretty good couple weeks. He had a really good World Juniors. They played shitty teams, but he lit it up. Um, kind of going somewhat similar to like an Atu Ratu in terms of like their stock dropping. They're completely different fucking players. But La- when Brad Lambert's going, he's one of the most talented hockey players I've ever seen. Uh, so if he somehow falls into the first round, I don't know how you don't take a flyer on that kid who should be going top 10. Um, Hmm. I want to see. I should probably just have the list up. Um, there are a lot of guys though. They're going to be low or at the bottom of that first round that I think should be higher. Like I look at a kid. He's playing for Rubla. I think you say it. Uh, Marco Kasparis, Austrian kid. Um, he's really good. He plays hard. He's a tough kid. Uh, a lot of skill there. He's been playing in that top uh, uh swedish league there um you know he's an option uh, center or a wing whatever um i think you're looking at a forward though so uh i'm gonna actually bring up i need to just like look at a couple lists because i have a couple guys who i think could fall i like the paravalov kid left wing out of russia he's just ripping apart the mhl he's got himself into some khl games and looked okay um man, this list has snugger too low. Um there are guys that are gonna fall though. 
And I think, you know, if you're looking at a defenseman, hopefully it's like a right shot defenseman. But, um, you know, some people, it's it's been a weird year for projections for the draft because some kids have just shot up. Um, like a Logan Cooley I had pretty firmly, like a top 12 after last summer. Um, I mean, he's been that good. And now he's like firmly number two for a lot of people. So uh, it's going to be, it's right, I mean, right now, let's be honest, it's way too early to know um, and have really any idea who's going to be there. But I do think there's going to be some interesting guys that are going to fall pretty low in the draft. And depending on if they have that pick um, and how far they low and who gets taken too high, like who's going to be the Tyler Boucher this year. Um, love, love Boucher. Uh, but he went 10th overall and definitely shouldn't have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at a forward. Uh, again, I don't think you can have too many centers. So, um, you know, we got Jack Hughes get out of Northeastern. He looks like he's probably going to fall to the end of that first round. Um, oh my God, who put Philip Messar at 22? That's insane. If he's there at 22 and you're picking 22, you got to take him. Um, but there are a lot of guys that are just like falling and I think it's going to be interesting again. It's re- it's just really early right now. Um, like it's actually fascinating looking at these lists and seeing where certain outlets have some guys. Um, and there you go. Trikazov right there is in the, tw- if he's there, you do, I mean, phew, you take him. Um, there are a lot of kids playing in Sweden, like the J20 that I like a lot, like Cali Odelius, he's a defenseman. Um, I like the Bystek kid. I really like Liam Ogren, a uh, left winger. Oslin's really good. Uh, so there are a lot of undercover Swedish kids that are actually a couple of wingers that I like a lot. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good players that might end up falling pretty far. Uh, but I need to move on. Oh, my God. It's fucking so late. Uh, all right. Zach Brickner. What's... Rossi's AHL face-off percentage. I don't know. They don't... I'm trying to get in stat. It's like trying to get into a fucking, like, a membership at a really high-end golf course. Like, I, I'm begging... I'm pretty much begging them to let me pay them. And they're like, oh, we'll reach out to you. I'm like, okay, fuck off. Uh, but they don't post it, so I don't know. It, some nights he's winning, like, 18 out of 20. There are some nights he's winning like three out of 15. It's, it's, it's a small area of the game that he's got to work on. He will. It's, it's not like it's a, you know, it's not like it's a part of the game that you can't really just work on a pickup. That's easy enough. Um, I wouldn't worry about it. Yes. He needs to work on it. Uh, 37% in the two games up with the big club. I mean, it's two games. So I don't give a shit. Um, but it's definitely something to watch for. Like you look at like a Sidney Cross who couldn't win a fucking draw when he started. And he said, okay, this season I'm going to go work on faceoffs. And then literally the next season after that, he's one of the best faceoff guys in the league. So there you go. I mean, we're talking about Sidney Crosby there. Um, but generally speaking, faceoffs and winning faceoffs isn't exactly like the most difficult thing in the world to figure out how to do, or at least improve. So I wouldn't worry about it, but he does need, but he does need to get better. Uh, Oh, I have some ones that I haven't seen yet. Uh, Veach, how would you recommend the Wild take advantage of the NHL's worst loophole and circumvent their cap issues in the upcoming years like Tampa uh, and Las Vegas have recently? I don't know. Do you, like, re-sign Rask and then kneecap him? It's kind of fucked up. Uh, 
did I forget any other ones? Oh, I actually, this question's funny. <laughs> Wild Farm Report, are there any prospects that you don't like? No, I don't. Really, there's not. Um, you know, so this is one thing that's come up with, like, Bruins stuff, because my buddy that does Bruins Network, uh, they're all dickheads on Twitter who think you should only be negative um, and call out bad picks. I don't understand that. First of all, these are kids. Uh, a lot of them are... 18 19 20 years old they have twitter they have social media um and whether you like a pick or not or whether you like a prospect or not or whether you disagree where it doesn't matter i if i'm posting clips on twitter i'm posting positive stuff like i'm gonna do that um and by the way i'm not like yelling at you not actually like this question a lot um it's just these other fucking dickheads in bruins where that piss me off um but if you ask me a question or having a conversation and you ask my honest opinion on a prospect, I will tell you the good. I'll tell you the bad. Like all these kids are fucking really good hockey players. They're all better than we ever were. Um, so when it comes to like posting clips and stuff, I'm posting good videos of them, right? Like if I can find one, if Nate Benoit plays and I can, you know, the, the occasional like flashy play that he makes, or if I'm actually sitting down and really focusing i'll find some good stuff and i'll put it up but if you ask me a question i'll be honest and tell you what they need to work on um that being said the, the people that are like this kid sucks don't understand that don't know why people do that again they're like fucking 19 years old like first of all they're not the well first of all how many how many more times am i gonna say that um but you know they're not the players that they're going to be when they eventually make it to the nhl they're all kids uh they have social media. So I, and again, I actually do like almost all of the prospects in the wild pool. There are some guys that I'm not as high on, um, as other people are, um, you know, in the podcast form, or if I, if I knew how to write words, if I could write English and I was a writer, um, I'd be honest with where well, I'm always honest, but like I would talk more about, um, things that they need to work on, but I'm posting clips. Generally, it's just going to be good. Um, but in long form, I'll tell you the good stuff and I'll tell you the bad stuff or things I need to work on. Um, it's a lot of the times just because it's really hard to make the NHL, no matter where you're drafted. A lot of times, some of those things that they're not so good at, it will keep them out of the NHL if they don't. And I will tell you that, right? So, you know, Damon Hunt, I think he's an excellent prospect. I think a lot of teams like him. I think he's an NHL hockey player eventually, but if he doesn't figure out how to play a different way, he will make it. Um, but you see me talk about him on Twitter. <laughs> he's fascinating. He's one of my favorite kids to watch, and I think he's good, and I think he makes it. Um, I think he's a really good NHL player when he does make it, but he can't do this. So that's what I'm talking about. So in general, I actually like pretty much the entire pool of prospects because you have a little bit of everything in this pool. Um, but there are guys that aren't going to make it, whether it's here or elsewhere. Um, you know, and when we're having a conversation or I'm doing a, a long form chat, like I'm in a podcast, or if I'm going to do like a long thread about a player, you know, that's where I'll be more honest and I'll offer my critiques and criticisms and stuff. But um, I don't know why people, and again, I'm not saying that, this is this question was in that light but i don't know why people are so weird about it like i don't know why they're just like they're dead set on like shitting on a 19 year old <laughs> i'm like it's a weird thing to do man but okay um but yeah okay i tried to keep it short and we went longer than we did last week we're at an hour and 22 minutes 
Um, so this isn't coming out Tuesday because in three minutes it'll, it'll be Wednesday. So, um, whenever this drops, uh, really sorry it didn't come out today. I don't know what happened with the fucking audio and the microphone, the computer and shit. Uh, it just, it just wasn't having it. So, um, again, I'm going to go through, I remembered, I'm going to go through the Gmail in my bio as questions come up, feel free to throw them there. Um, and when I have enough, I'll do another second show that week and we'll do a full mailbag. That'd be fun. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Again, you guys fucking rock. I don't know why you choose to listen to me. Um, especially if you actually make it through entire shows, you deserve some kind of metal. Um, but that'll do it for me. And Isha, thank God you live in a different time zone because it's midnight here and that would suck. I don't know when this is going to drop, but uh, whenever it does, enjoy that day of the week. I'll see you next time.